Marvel Watchers is a product of the Nerdosphere. If you like Marvel Watchers or any other Nerdosphere content, visit us at patreon.com slash the Nerdosphere. Our patrons gain early access to all of our podcasts and always ad-free. They also gain exclusive perks like weekly trivia, a monthly book club, and more. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Nerdosphere. Ooh, you froze, bro. I think we got to do the whole intro over because you froze early on too. Yeah, you went robot a for a minute, and I didn't say anything because I was like, okay, we can keep going. But then you completely froze. Oh, for real? Yep. Yeah. But okay. completely froze. It was good. It was pretty good. Damn it. It was man. better than Jesse's opener. I'm glad oh, see I didn't I, ever get a chance see to see listen. I, Dang it. You have to listen to it. It's so fucking good. <clears throat> I didn't have a chance. Okay. The problem with Jesse's opener is he tried to do Corbin's opener instead of his own. Yeah. And he cannot do Corbin's opener. That's great. You should just play it. You should just play it right now. Why did you just play it right now? Why did you let him do it? I wasn't emotionally I've been emotionally all over the place, okay? I just wasn't feeling it. All right. Let's try this again. Welcome to Marvel Watchers, the Nerdosphere's weekly Marvel Center podcast, where each week, whether it's news, rumors, hit show, hit movie, this is the place you want to be to hear true intellectuals speak about everything Faggy's bringing to the dinner table. Because let me tell you, we've got an appetite. We're going to scarf it all down, baby. Joined with me today is myself, who is Corbin, Clayton, and Tim. Today, we are talking about Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 2, The Star-Spangled Man, which definitely is a reference to the awful song in Captain America, The First Avengers. But first and foremost, Clayton and Tim, how's it going today, guys? Wonderful. Wonderful. Good. Spectacular. I think that's the clearest opener you've had. Everybody knows there's three people on this podcast and that you are Corbin. Everybody knows. (laughs) No more confusion. (laughs) Everybody. Oh, did I not say my name that time? No, you did. No, no. I did being serious. Yeah. Oh, okay. He wasn't busting your chops. Well, I thought the thing before was like, I would say myself, Corbin, and then you were like, people think there's four people on here because of what you say it. Yeah, because you say, hosted by me, Corbin, Clayton, and Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, So it sounds like there's four people. Oh. (laughs) And now the lol. I see. Okay. Well, um, well, so I'm glad I done did good there. How are you guys doing this week? Huh? Pretty good. I just finished watching Ant-Man, uh, for the first time in my, I'm doing my MCU rewatch. It's my second time watching Ant-Man. I forgot how much I like Ant-Man. Ant-Man is a solid movie. It's a fun, light movie. It's, it's definitely solid. And when you think about first movies, that one's gotta be one of the better first movies in a series it is but it's the first marvel movie to be wrapped up with so much drama Mm -hmm. so much fucking drama Mm -hmm. yeah even more drama than when favreau left this one had so much drama behind the scenes yeah edgar wright wrote the screenplay for this movie was gonna direct it and the the thing is he wrote that screenplay actually back when they were writing Iron Man and Hulk. So Ant-Man was actually intended to be released way back early phase one. Mm-hmm. But he kept having 
he kept having film obligations with his own stuff, like the Cornetto trilogy that he was working on and his other shit. And they have, they kept pushing it back. And finally, Faggy was like, we have to rework it because it has to fit into the MCU now. And he ended up leaving because of creative differences and then didn't speak to Kevin Faggy for about seven years. He recently talked to him because he was doing a, he was editing an entertainment weekly magazine of like the most influential movies of like the past decade. And he was like, I can't do this and not talk about Marvel. And so he reached out to Kevin Faggy and they've like buried the hatchet, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to go back really quickly and think of like the best first movie in a series, it's either for me, it's either Ant-Man or Guardians. Thor's right there. I still love Thor, but I think I like Ant-Man a little bit better than the first Thor. I think yeah. I'd put Guardians as my my favorite first movie, though, still. Yeah. The thing with Ant-Man too, though, I feel bad for Peyton Reed because that move that movie is only as good as it is because of the mark that Edgar Wright left on it. Because Ant-Man the Wasp was like entertaining, but you can tell that it just like was just meh, false, just whatever. Yeah, false short. But Peyton Reed signed on to do it because he wanted to work with Marvel. But Peyton Reed's passion project since the early 2000s is he's so badly wanted to direct the Fantastic Four. has even said that he'd be willing to leave the Ant-Man franchise for it. Mm -hmm. And then Faggy gave it to John Wright, who's been doing the Spider-Man movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like, you know, I, I do think that he lacks one of the... He's one of the directors that just doesn't have quite as unique of a style. Like when Taika does a film, you understand that Taika's doing it. But there is something to be said that he was one of the first directors to be a repeat and stick around. Like yeah. most repeated directors have moved on from Marvel, but he's he's working on a third movie right now for them. So, yep. Poor guy. I don't I don't like him, but I feel bad for him. I don't like him, but I feel bad for him. Oh, I mean, he's just like a, he's like unflavored grits. <laughs> I you don't know? like them, but I feel bad for them grits. <laughs> Nobody ever eats them grits. I just feel so bad. They just get I, left on the plate. You got to put a little butter and sugar in there, baby. Comes out with your meal at Cracker Barrel and nobody touches them. I used to always order a side of grits because I love the taste of them when you doctored them up, but I was always too full to eat them. And so I'd always order them, which is a surcharge. And then I would just be like, ah, kind of okay. to go. And then they would just sit in the fridge until I threw it away. Butter and brown sugar. I can't imagine um, grits are good. Grits, I use white sugar and, and butter. Anytime cream of, cream of wheat. Can, cream of wheat yeah, cream is of brown wheat, sugar. Brown sugar oh. for sure. <laughs> My stance on sugar versus brown sugar is anytime you can put brown sugar instead of white sugar, it's going to be a better situation. Okay. I think I agree with that. Unless you're putting it on top of like Cheerios or some sort of cereal. Cheerios with white sugar. When you get down to like the bottom where it's just kind of milk and you like, you Mm -hmm. dip your spoon in and it pulls out. It's just like this Mm -hmm. like gray blob. That's the only, that's the only reason you put sugar on Cheerio, honey nut Cheerios is so that you get that mush at the end. Mm. Mm. Delicious. Delicious. Well, cool. Great. So this week, like I said, we're talking about Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is called the Star Spangled Man. Uh, which is a callback to the Captain America and the first Avengers whenever he was doing the, uh, I forget what it was called, but he was basically just like a mascot. He was doing um, that shit for, was it stamps or bonds? That he was war bonds. War bonds he was trying to sell. And the song they sing is the Star Spangled Man or whatever, because this is our first introduction to John Walker's Captain America. So the episode starts off. And what are you guys thoughts on John Walker? 
you know, he's not so bad. Mm-mm. And they're, I don't know if they have multiple helmets. I was going to say it looked better. But there are times when his helmet looks good. Like you don't even know, like it looks good. And mm-hmm. then there are times where it looks goofy. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think that there may be more than one helmet and one just doesn't fit quite right. And that kind of stuff just really bothers me. Like I noticed that stuff and it bothers me. Yeah. Like in the Mandalorian, when we talked about that, frozen episode and his like shoulder pauldron is like just off a little bit it's like is nobody looking on set right now like you can't tell that this helmet doesn't fit this guy right like come on but all in all i did i enjoyed him he's good i didn't think i would like him but yeah he has a little bit more depth than i thought he would have Mm -hmm. um and i do feel bad for him because he definitely at least when the episode first started off i was like why the fuck we had this high school football game or whatever and then you realize that it very much is still the kind of the same footsteps that steve had to go through before he was taken seriously and he is a government mascot in a Mm -hmm. sense and so he's like talking about how to go like these senator meetings and stuff but he is like a boots on the ground marine so he's used to getting his hands dirty um so that was that was interesting to see and I think it'll be interesting for people to watch the development of John Walker because of his Marine history. There's going to be a distinct difference on how he does his job as Captain America, as we probably see him become uh, a more comic accurate version of us agent. He's not a boy scout. He is rough around the edges and does not give two butt toots, two butt toots, two butt toots. Say the internet hated him. Week interesting one. i mean it oh, was yeah. amazing week one like that's all you read was how people were infuriated that they passed the mantle and how goofy he looked with the helmet on but then like you go into this episode and you see that depth like you said and you're like oh he's like a what was it a three or four time purple heart winner and like just like a certified badass and like i, I, I walked away really really liking him yeah i was surprised only, by that too my only thing that i specifically wrote down um, when he was doing that interview uh, for what looked like Good Morning America or whatever, mm-hmm. and they show him kind of practicing with the shield, it reminded me of Sam using the shield, which mm-hmm. is uh, throwing the shield is all fine and dandy, but unless you're a super soldier throwing the shield, it doesn't really fucking matter. Right. Which right. I do have some more thoughts on that later as we get down to the episode, because something happened later in the episode where I was like, I wonder if there's more to John Walker than what seems right now but as it stands in that moment in the episode i was like he's just a man throwing a shield like yeah um i Rom's, disagree Rom's unplugged the lamp oh <laughs> <laughs> for you audio listeners there's just like all this pause because corbin just went to black and we thought we lost him but he's just his dog turned out the light <laughs> there we go um but i disagree a little bit uh because we've seen that vibranium is like Super versatile, super easy to use. So while I I agree that they probably won't be able to do the same things that Steve can do with the shield, I don't think that somebody who's super athletic and obviously above way above average like John Walker is and like we've seen Falcon. Because let's not forget, Falcon is a normal person, but he's fighting with the Avengers like versus all these like crazy strong people and he holds his own. So I don't think it's beyond the scope of realism that they would be able to throw the shield and it come back. Now, if they start doing the same tricks as Cap, I mean, they're just catching it. 
I know. And it's vibramium. My, so like it, I just mean like fighting. I bet you, you fighting catch an that, alien. I bet you, you catch that and it's like a pillow because it doesn't, there's no force with vibranium. You know what I mean? Oh, my point is you're throwing it at an alien an alien invades earth and you're the super soldier trying to protect it. And they have a power level that's higher than an earthling. You're going to throw that thing to knock them on their ass. It's a super soldier strength throwing the shield. that's knocking them on their ass. Not just the shield itself. If I'm- I mean, I, like I said, I agree, but they're not throwing it against aliens right now. They're throwing it against just trees. Yeah. Targets. So I ended up looking this up because I'm a nerd. The shield weighs 12 pounds in the comics. That's light. That's pretty light. But the flip side to that is that's what I curl. Imagine throwing a 12 pound frisbee. You could do it, but like I don't think you could do it as often as what they're doing. Like I feel like you'd wear out pretty quick, even if you're in great shape. It's just a weird, it's a weird muscle group to throw like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't True. know. But 12 pounds, like so, like people who don't know, like it's only 12 pounds. So it's not as heavy as what a lot of people would assume the shield is. And it absorbs all vibrations. So, yeah, it's like catching a feather, probably, or catching a twelve-pound feather. (laughs) Now, tell me if I'm being nitpicky with this. You're being nitpicky. I can't accept that, but let me express myself real quick. Oh, okay, sorry. We move on after that to a scene where we're with Falcon on a military base, and Bucky just walks up on him. Just shows up unannounced. And I go, I go, how did Bucky get on a base to meet Sam without Sam knowing? We had a whole talking point last week where we're like, how are they going to bring Bucky and Falcon together? And guess what? He just fucking walks, walks walks up to him. Sam is, that's how they brought him on. Sam is loading, is loading into a military plane about to go off on a mission. So this is an active military site and Bucky's just walking up like he has some sort of credentials you shouldn't have given it this year. well i mean he's an avenger and he's been pardoned so maybe he does maybe you can just kind of walk around i know but it's, it's one of those things where it's like you know i i don't expect like a super in-depth like explanation stuff but if you're doing a show that's like a little bit more grounded in the sense where you're like dealing with like the u.s military and how they navigate or the u.s government and stuff navigates like the avengers just existing like i need certain things to just be like called out like it just seems strange to just have Bucky just walking onto a military base. Yep, it is weird, for sure. It just took me out of it a little bit. Is all. There were lots of situations like that. I feel like in this episode, it again for me, this episode was just like I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next one, but there was a lot that made me say, "Man, now I'm not I am enjoying this as much as I probably should or want to." Yeah. I will say one of the things I really enjoyed is the reminder to the audience that Bucky is a super soldier. Mm-hmm. We get that really fun scene yes. where he just like, he just fucking jumps out of the, <laughs> jumps yeah. out of the plane and lands on his ass and it's fine. And I think it's just important for people to know that like, he's more than just a trained assassin with like a metal arm. Like they make a point to talk about in the winter soldier, but I can understand maybe it being like talked over quickly and they didn't catch on it but he has a version of a super soldier serum. It's not the same one that Steve has, but he has enhanced. He's been enhanced by Hydra. Yeah. Experimentation. So, yeah. And I think that was one of the things that took me out of this episode a little bit is you have the really cool fight scene on top of the train and you see me in the trucks. Super. What's that? I mean, the trucks on top of the trucks. Yeah. Sorry. On top of the trucks. I was like, and wait, is there another episode? <laughs> you've got super soldiers fighting super soldiers. And then, 
um, Cap shows up, the new Cap, and he he's kind of hanging his own. Like he he's getting his ass kicked a little bit, but he's hanging his own the whole time. Like, man, I feel like you would be quickly outpowered when you're talking about super soldiers fighting a normal guy who's just like off the charts with strength and athleticism. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do get handed. They get beat pretty quick, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, it should have been like, no, it should have been no contest. Like I'm surprised they didn't just throw them off the truck instantly game over. You know what I mean? I would say that there's an argument to be made that even when you're powered, if you don't have skill, like there's some sort there, there is some sort of equalizer. Cause we see this like, and not to bring up like something that's not Marvel, but we see this with Batman all the time. Batman is constantly taking on people who have superhuman strength, things like that, yeah. because he's just so skilled. So I'm not compare. I'm not saying John Walker is like on the same level as Batman, but I think there is something to be said that like these basically civilians, you know, activists have gotten this, the super soldier serum, but they're just normal people. Yeah. They probably never have, had a fight in their life before getting the super soldier I mean, serum. And to, then they're fighting a, a trained above average, you know, way above average soldier Marine, you know? So, but I mean, to keep it with Marvel, that's what we saw with WandaVision. That's Agatha is not over or, or uh, Wanda overpowers Agatha quickly, but Agatha knows the tricks and was able to, beat Wanda for an episode because of that. So I guess it's a very fair point. I don't know if this gave you chills, Clayton, but one of the things we had talked about when we watched Endgame was that we we always talked about how we love when they actually show Cap's power difference compared to other people. One of those examples is when he and Black Panther just like sprint way in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this episode when Bucky just like sprints up to those trucks, I was like, holy fucking shit. So cool. Go get it, Buck. Go get it. Yeah. And actually my favorite and Winter Soldier does it so well. The Russo brothers do a good job, but I think my favorite display of the super soldier versus the normal person is Tim Roth in Incredible Hulk when mm-hmm. he's running. I don't know how they did that if they had like just a treadmill set up and he just ran like it's so smooth and so cool to watch him just run faster than all the other soldiers in that movie. But yeah, yeah. I, I really that was so cool. Now I was a little bit bitter when John Walker showed up in that scene. They played Cap's theme song from the Mm. movies and i was like how fucking dare you play that song when he shows up wow so speaking of that we didn't talk about this last week and i don't want to get too far into a tangent because i know we're trying to keep this episode concise but we don't get confirmation that steve is dead Mm -mm. so i think he's alive i do too 100 percent. okay I think he's 100 percent alive. I don't think that the I don't think the majority of people even know that he aged up. They probably right. think that he died. In, he went back in time to. Maybe they don't even know that. They just think yeah, he they probably disappeared or whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, if yeah. you remember the the first episode, um, the soldier. I don't remember the soldier's last name. That's kind of helping uh, Falcon. But he's like, so is Cap on like the moon or something? Like, people oh, think yeah, he's on right. some secret you're base right. on the moon. And um, Falcon was kind of coy with his answer back. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very clear. People have no idea what's happened to Steve. Yeah. I did kind of chuckle when Walker's, like, sidekick had, like, almost like a costumey type thing on mm-hmm. when they were riding in the truck. Yeah. Like, My name is Battlestar. And Bucky was like, 
battle star and i was like all right i'm so done with this and like walked out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they speaking of names though they did kind of name drop the white wolf in this episode they did it again and i think that's for a reason you know i think people like me aren't gonna get their what they want which is bucky captain america even though you definitely could tell that it almost seems like he would have rather held the shield than sam giving it up yep um that was definitely a vibe that i got because he was like let's just take the shield from him we can do this ourselves meaning like they could both like i guess carry the mantle or whatever yeah um yeah. but and he had when, that moment uh when they were fighting on the trucks where cap threw the shield and as it came back at it for a sec bucky caught it and like you could just see that split second of him thinking about it when he gave it and he gives it back to to cap uh but he had it in his hands for a minute and that had to be a really emotionally draining experience for him to catch it and realize like shit i should probably have the shield yeah so name drops like that with the white wolf and stuff though that's not an accident they're purposely bringing that back up because it's probably going to be it's probably going to be his name his name moving forward yeah so so corbin something you've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks has finally come to fruition do you kind of want to explain the scene that you're giddily dancing about right now to all of our fans what a weirdo sometimes bro <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i have been saying forever that we are seeing the young avengers be set up in the mcu and uh as soon as there's casting rumors that isaiah or as soon as there's casting news that isaiah bradley had been cast in captain america or captain falcon the winter soldier what? um <laughs> that, every week yeah, and earlier when he said Falcon, there did you notice there was a slight pause? Like uh-huh. he he almost said Captain Falcon it's earlier as well. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Falcon so, Bosch. <laughs> so uh I knew that there was gonna be this there was gonna be some sort of new subplot going on in this show that was more than just Zemo. We were gonna actually get not only Isaiah's Bradley's story told, but his grandson, who is Eli Bradley, becomes a patriot and is one of the main leaders in the Young <laughs> Avengers. Um, and so Bucky basically tells Sam, like, after they encountered all the super soldiers on the truck, he's like, there's someone you need to meet because Bucky is just trying to come clean. Like there's more than just me and these people. And, uh, he, uh, takes Sam to this like rundown home. And as the door opens, this young kid opens the door, which gives me straight chills because I exactly know what's going on. I'm like, this is fucking Eli Bradley answering the door. And they ask, can I, I want to speak to Isaiah. And then we get introduced to Isaiah Bradley and we get to see that not only is he a super soldier, but he has history with the winner soldier where they had a, not only a fight, but Isaiah bested Bucky mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the hand, hand combat. And this is also something that I think was really interesting. I didn't know how Marvel was going to handle Isaiah Bradley because I'm not, incredibly well versed on the character outside of them talking about the young Avengers. Cause he did have a history in the comics. Um, but he was a character who was done dirty. He was experimented on by the U S government. He was hidden from everybody. He, I mean, he was, he was a black captain America. He was the next successful super soldier after Steve and no one knew he existed. And all of his accolades were hidden from the public and he was punished and imprisoned for most of his time being a super soldier. And they actually get to talk about that where he definitely seems to be a little bit messed up. He talks about how he, you know, was imprisoned and stuff. And Sam is just like, kind of just bewildered by all this information that not only was there a black captain America, no one fucking knows about him. And he gets to see like, what is essentially like a true war hero, just like done dirty by the American government. Yep. So very poignant. 
especially followed up by that cop scene uh, when they go outside uh, and they, they pull up on both Sam and Bucky and they're definitely, you know, thinking that Sam's causing a ruckus and then they realize who he is. I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine because they're famous or whatever. Yeah, but instantly mm-hmm. assumed it was Sam though. That whole section of the episode is my favorite part of the show because it's, it's setting up really cool storylines that's going to play out later. And it's probably one of the most real scenes we've had in Marvel where they're, they're saying like, yeah, there's people, people get their hands dirty in the MCU and we're actually going to see that for the first time. Yep. Definitely agree. Do you guys want to do a quick rundown on who Zemo is? Cause it, it, it's very clear. That's going to be a big part of next week's episode. I have a feeling that a lot of casual fans maybe don't remember Zemo. Um, it's been quite a while since we've seen Zemo. Do you guys want to do a quick reminder on who Zemo is so people are ready for next week's episode? Go for it, Clayton. Who is Zemo in the MCU specifically? Because he's very different than the Zemo in the comics. Yeah, I can do a recap on him in the MCU. I'm not as familiar with him in the comics. Uh, Zemo is a Sokovian Special Forces um military man his family was killed in the ultron incident and he took his revenge out on the avengers in captain america civil war it's because of him that there kind of was a civil war within the avengers because Mm -hmm. he was poking and prodding and putting pressure on the already strained relationships that the sokovia accords brought on so the main big bad in Captain America Civil War was Zemo. Yeah. And there was a while where we thought the subplot to that movie was actually him getting superhero, super soldier serum. And he was going to, un- and also unleash, um, it was like four or five other super soldiers that actually seemed mm-hmm. to be more trained than Bucky and ended up killing all of them because Zemo's big thing is he doesn't want any enhanced people on the planet. Yeah. He wants them all to die. So that also begs the question with these new super soldiers on the run, like I'm wondering if this has a tie to maybe Zemo didn't trash those bags when he killed the the other, the other winter soldiers. I'm thinking not because the, um, what's their name again? The flag bashers, flag smashers, flag smashers, smashing them flags. They mm-hmm. get the, the lead girl or the person, the girl that they, focus most of the camera time on gets that text from an unknown number and says you stole from me or something i'm gonna kill you yeah i'm assuming that's zemo and that they got he did keep some of that serum and they got a hold of it somehow yeah i uh i I don't know i was a little disappointed that they ended the episode with the cliffhanger of going to zemo only because again it's six episodes so yep. we're halfway through the show and we're just now seeing Zemo. We're not halfway like, through yet. We're a third. Okay. But <laughs> by the time we see Zemo, we're at the halfway point is my point. Yeah, and the beginning the, of the halfway point. Oh my God. Anyways. It won't be the halfway my, point until the beginning of episode four. My point is that kind of cliffhanger is something that I think that you do in a normal TV show. I don't think personally these shows should be approached in a normal TV show setting because it already is an elevated thing. Well, keep in mind that this show like uh, WandaVision probably was going to be binged. So that type of cliffhanger would have only been 
scene changes, you know, because you would have gone right into the next episode. Yep. So I guess that's, you know, yeah, we've talked about that. We have to get past Loki. And I guess I but just we'll see, you know, I mean, you, you bring up a good point. I'm not saying it's not a good point. Just I just find myself being just like a little bit frustrated. I'm like, you know, you could have ended the episode after the conversation. So we at least have more context what the plot is, you know, like after the Zemo conversation. Yeah. Like I feel like, I don't know. Cause you also want people to come back, you know? Yeah. So just just felt a little bit like cop out. I don't know. Um, What do you guys think about them teaming up with a U.S. agent? Well, I mean, they're, basically not, not so <laughs> oh that's right i wrote down they're free age they're free agents that's how they get to yeah they're not tied down to anything yeah and essentially we had u.s agents say you better stay out of my way if you're not going to join me yeah um i think they made a mistake there uh because i don't I, you you don't why not fuck that guy <laughs> because fuck that guy <laughs> i mean one he kind of bailed him out when they were in the fight and two, like, I don't think he could do what he's doing any differently or any better than what he's done. Like, he tried to have that man-to-man, heart-to-heart conversation where he said, I'm not Steve. I could never be Steve. I don't want to replace Steve. Like, he made it very clear, like, they they are making me the next Captain America, right? Like, that I conversation kind of felt- came across as ingenuine to me. Uh, so? so I like john walker i like the way he's been presented in this episode i don't think i'm going to like him i think he's gonna be a dick he's already kind of showing that he he freed them not because he's a nice guy but because he wanted them to help him yeah 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 so fuck him he's definitely gonna be a dick we knew that going (laughs) in i mean that's u.s agents motif as well but when you're sitting there thinking these guys are clearly outnumbered they just got their ass kicked in their first interaction. How do they expect it to go any differently at this point? Well, they had that wonderful therapy session that was just oh, not true. it was just not a waste of anybody's time or cringy or stupid. You know, it was successful on screen character development. So now they're gonna work well together. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say something about that therapy scene. <laughs> I will agree in the in the context that when there are scenes like that that are happening, you can almost hear the like the people talking like this is going to be such a funny scene. We have to make mm-hmm. this happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that just seems a little forced. Well, what sucks is is that there's a really great heartfelt line from Bucky in that when he says, "If Steve was wrong mm-hmm. about you, then that means he was wrong about me." Like that's that's real and that's important, but it was buried in like this cringy scene. Like why couldn't they have had, they could have just had that conversation, like continue to build up the tension between them. And then they naturally explode and have that conversation. Why did it have to be this weird sit knee to knee forced by a therapist for some reason they both listened. Like, I just don't, whatever. No, I agree. But having said that, uh, one, John Walker was thrown off the truck and landed on that car and got up very easily. And that made me go, mm-hmm. hmm. Maybe he's... I wonder if there's something more going on with John Walker. Mm-hmm. Glass is very absorbent. And... <laughs> okay, he wasn't wearing the shield when he fell on this car. I know, glass. He fell on this car. Glass is very absorbent. And got up and was fine. 
Didn't he get hit? And I'm by also a super wondering if onto that too. Like so it wasn't like he just fell. Like yes, he was a super soldier. Made him do that. <laughs> yeah, he got straight freight train tackled onto that car. Uh, and then that also gets me thinking, like you know, the scene where Sam is throwing the shield around with Bucky, which we've already surmised is probably going to be in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if the if the introduction of Isaiah Bradley also means that maybe Sam gets an enhancement. I don't know. See, so, we're, so we're talking so about all this, and I'm now I'm now at this very moment getting very concerned that the super soldier serum is just going to start getting thrown around. Because one of the unique things about the super soldier serum is one, the abominations and crazy things that trying to remake it has done or created. And two, how rare it is because Steve is basically the only one Yeah. because even Isaiah, like it's Isaiah didn't have the original. Nobody's been able to replicate the original super serum. Nobody is on the same level Mm -hmm. of Steve Rogers because that was like the perfect version of it. So I just don't want to see the MCU suddenly just like, now everybody's strong because Super Soldier Serum. Man, I might be way off base here, but I feel like in the original Captain America, they also throw out something that leads you to believe they experimented with the Super Serum for a long time, and everybody just died. And Steve was like the one who survived. I could be totally misremembering that, but I feel like they talked about like, you're probably going to die when you do this. And he said, that, that's fine. Like, I want to I wanna try to be a, a, a hero. And they were kind of shocked. Like, oh, it took. Mm-hmm. No, they talked about how the Red Skull had a version of it that mm-hmm. wasn't perfected. He didn't have the full uh, like serum. And they talk about how like it brings out it amplifies whatever you are inside. And so if you are a good man, you are a great man. Um, and with the red skull, his deformity came because of how he's just a rotten person inside. And that's just like one of the manifestations it had. And it also wasn't the full serum, but I don't think they ever talked about, they, I think made a point to say that the serum they used on Steve was like what they felt was like the perfected one. And they needed the perfect host for it <laughs> because of what happened with the red skull. But it was still risky. I think Tim's close. I mean, because if you remember, like, they ended up shutting it down before it was even completely done. Right? She had Howard Stark there, um, like, trying to end the experiment because of the excruciating pain. Like, I think they were positive they were killing Steve in that moment. And Steve yells out through the chamber, don't stop. Um, so I feel like maybe that they did experiment I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I'm going to go back and rewatch now and see. Now I have to go back and watch that movie, and it's one that I don't really care for. Just watch the, the first 15 minutes there. You'll be good to go. <laughs> okay, fine. Actually, no, don't, I, don't uh, go rewatch it. Watch Blade 2 instead. Oh, my God. Nobody's going to watch that again. So I'm, I'm right there with Clayton on this show. I, part of me wishes that I was liking it a little bit more than I am but I can appreciate what I'm seeing. And for me right now, my biggest hype train is Isaiah Bradley's character and what that mm-hmm. subplot could unfold to be. Like I care more about that being talked about again than what's going to happen with Zemo and the flag smashers just because it's the, different and it's unique. Yeah. I'm the exact opposite. I'm all in. I'm having more fun with this show than I did Wanda. I think Wanda was a better show 
the artistic value and the acting through the roof, Wanda was better, but I'm enjoying this a lot more. This is fun popcorn flick television, um, which is what I was ready for. I was ready for something different. And I also love the, the feel that you get on these, you know, U S government based television shows versus the supernatural television show. So I, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's going to be fantastic as it wraps up. And here's my thing. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth too early, but I think maybe one of my qualms is as I'm watching Captain Falcon and where a soldier unfold, <laughs> um, you know, I'm like, for me, I look at shows like what WandaVision was and I look at shows of what like shows of what Loki is going to be. And I'm like, you couldn't have done that in a movie. Like you needed it to be stretched out. You needed things to breathe. You needed it to be abstract. But as I'm watching Captain Falcon Winter Soldier, I'm like, I don't know if what I'm seeing right now couldn't have been condensed into, into a two and a half hour movie so far. Like so far, the, the, the plot is being stretched out for the sake of the show being long. But I don't feel like every minute of the screen time is being utilized appropriately. Well, I completely I agree with you there. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing if you want to say, like, we want to slow things down to get to know these characters more. But if those scenes that we're getting to know those characters more aren't hitting right, then it's wasted screen time and we don't actually need it. Mm-hmm. And so as what I've watched so far, this show could have been a movie. Mm-hmm. And we would have not... gotten the same story. Mm-hmm. I could not disagree more. You're right from a technical standpoint. You could cut a bunch of this out and probably condense it to a really good two-hour movie. You totally could. I also don't think that there's been wasted screen time. Like I, I think there's, it's down. okay to have something that's enjoyable. That's. You don't think there's been any wasted screen time? I don't think I would Here's look at thing. this TV show at this point. We're two hours, not even two hours in, and say, I just lost 30 minutes of my life watching this segment of this television show. Like this is a, this is what I'm saying. I'm viewing this like any other television show. I'm not viewing this as a massive movie that's been split into six parts. There's definitely going to be filler in. There's filler in every single TV show I've ever watched in my entire life. That doesn't mean Mm. that I don't enjoy the filler. I would argue that there's no filler in Breaking Bad. I would argue that you could probably cut half of Breaking Bad out and have a really damn good movie. That doesn't mean you should cut it out. That's crazy talk. That doesn't mean you That's should cut it out. You're insane. But you That's sometimes you say things for See, like super effect, and you I don't think you understand what you're saying. I don't you think you talking. guys understand now, what you're saying. Now you take like you, you forgot like the art show. of storytelling. No, listen See, for one. See, for see, one, see, see, Corbin, when it comes to Corbin filler, has a great TV point. Evolving though. away. Corbin has a great point because what? he he yeah he's saying that the point of the Marvel shows is to tell us a story that could not be told in a movie. This story. Who says that's, who says that's the point? Then who why says, do it? Because it's entertaining and they're trying to fill a subscription because they don't want people to be on Disney plus for one month to watch not one movie Captain and then end. They did not make Captain and Winter Soldier to sell Disney plus subscriptions. What did they make it for then? If it wasn't for content on Disney Plus to keep you engaged with the platform, why did they make it? If Disney Plus didn't exist, Falcon and the Winter Soldier would have still been made. It would just would have been on a different service. 
Mm, I, I just I, that's had all spec- to, this no Fahey had to re- sell it. That's not speculation. Fahey had to. It is not. It is. Oh, okay. So they in interviews where he has actually said that me. he had to sell it and he got pushback about the idea, that's just hearsay coming out of his mouth. It's just hearsay. The fact that he would have gone and made this television show for a different platform or not just condensed it down into a movie is crazy. The fact that this wasn't made to keep you engaged with Disney Plus, what, what is it made for then? They spent movie it's money on it and telling spread- the Marvel story. And that's what they're doing. This is not. And I'm telling you, this show would have been made without Disney Plus. This show was not made with the intent of selling Disney Plus subscriptions. If Disney Plus didn't exist, this show would still exist. So you're saying that we trust in Faggy and he's giving us a subpar show at this point because it should have just been a movie. So just making sure that's the point you're making at this point is we are two hours into the show. That is and it was Corbin it has said. not been worthwhile. Corbin said that he is not convinced that this show couldn't have just been a movie at this point. Mm-hmm. Because the point of the Marvel shows is to tell stories that cannot be told in movie form. At this point, this show could have been told in a movie, and he's a little disappointed. Because honestly, if you if you were creatively backed into a corner to say, I have to tell this story in two and a half hours, you would have come out of it with examples of like uh, Bucky saying that line to Sam, been like, you know what? This line is important, but we can't waste it on this comedic beat. It's got to be placed somewhere else. And so then you just trim all the fat and you put only the good stuff. The whole point of the Marvel shows in Disney Plus, the way that Kate, the way that Feige was selling it to us as fans is that, we were basically getting six hour long movies, something that you couldn't get in a two and a half hour film, not just not falling to the woes of just TV mistakes. I've come to the realization that I feel like your guys's expectation of Marvel based TV shows is that they are going to be elite level, all time great TV shows. When you compare it to things like Breaking Bad, did anybody expect one of these Marvel shows to be? considered one of the all-time great television shows I, I definitely didn't have that expectations i expected a fun ride i expected there to be some filler i expected to be the artist storytelling enjoyment and people just being engaged with disney plus at no point did i go into wandavision or into falcon and the winter soldier and think that i was going to be nearing perfection i expected it to be on the same level of the marvel content that we've come to expect and for me and it sounds like for Corbin, so far, Captain Falcon <laughs> and the Winter Soldier <laughs> is not at that mark. It's good. It's not great. I feel like Winter Soldier on Marvel content has been top tier. This show is not top tier so far. It's not. Hmm. Tough critics. Tough crowd. Tough crowd because we've come to expect greatness. We, we're at a point, and you have to understand, we're also uh, at a point where the MCU, you know, and Feggy, we trust and stuff is something we said for a long time, but sounds like the MCU dealt. is at, well, yeah, I mean, Clayton and I still even said early show. on, true, but Clayton and I even said early on that, you know, 
we'll be watching how the MCU develops in a very interesting way because a lot of the great stories have already been adapted. We are getting into more original territory and with more original territory comes, ah, your, your guardrails are gone, which means you're probably going to make mistakes, but we've come to be, we've come used to only an upward trajectory. So to have anything that seems even remotely a slide down is like a shock to the system. It's like, ah, Guys, you didn't have to do this. Like, you could have done better than this. So far, he's got eight hours of television content out there, and you guys haven't been thrilled. That's all I'm going to say. That's not true. WandaVision you guys was walked away. WandaVision. You guys walked away from WandaVision and said that you were mostly disappointed. In the ending, and actually, every almost everyone I've talked to felt the ending was underwhelming. And I mean, that's just, it was. It was, it was too neat. I want, I want risks. I want... Marvel's earned the right to take true risks. And the end of WandaVision, they slid back into a safe zone. And this show right now is using a lot of its screen time for filler. And that is something that a normal network television does. But high-tier television shows, like on HBO, Showtime, and Stars, they don't do filler. They definitely do. I've watched a lot of stuff on Showtime and HBO where I'm like, you could have probably taken two or three episodes out of this and the show would have been fine. A lot of, ep- lot of shows. Game of Thrones, you could have taken all kinds of episodes out of Game of Thrones and been just fine. You could have taken seasons out of Game of Thrones and been just fine. And you could say that for seasons. all kinds of different shows. And I don't know why your guys' expectation is anything different than what we got with The Mandalorian. When we saw The Mandalorian season one and season two, I felt like I had a good understanding of what the MCU was going to do and that it was going to have a similar feel. And when you looked at the Mandalorian, when you go back to our more Mando podcast, there were filler episodes. We were like, yeah, I feel like this was a filler episode. I'm a little worried. We need to get going. We know this is what's going to happen. It's right now. It's following the same formula. I understand it's not the same mastermind behind it. It's following the same formula. There's a couple of things there. One, exactly. We're calling bullshit where there's bullshit. We called filler when there was filler. We're calling filler when there's filler now. So we're disappointed. Two, Mandalorian had nothing to build on. It was completely new. So it could kind of get away with doing its own thing. All the Marvel shows are on the backs of the trajectory of the MCU so far. So the expectations are much higher. Also, Mando did have filler, but that's the premise of the show. The premise of the show is each episode is a short adventure that continues to forge Tim Jaren <laughs> and uh, Grogu, their relationship, and uh, Din as a person. So even filler episodes st- had had purpose. Even the filler in there had purpose. The A lot of the filler here doesn't have purpose the therapist being cheeky those cringy lines that doesn't serve a purpose it's trying to get laughs tough crowd because i've looked at the filler and i've said would i have rather not had this be in the show and i can't say that yet just because it didn't add significant value doesn't mean i, I would look at it objectively said, and say i even said i might be putting my foot in my mouth but as of right now mr man i might be i might reach the end of the show and my tune might change but our job right now is but our job right now is to critique this episode by episode. So far, I'm enjoying it. I didn't come into it expecting perfection. I didn't come into it expecting 
Breaking Bad like level of production. Uh, and I would not look at any anything from the past two episodes and said, man, they really should have not, that should not have been in the episode. We would have been better off if the episode was 10 minutes shorter. And I, I haven't walked away feeling that yet. We shall see. I like it. I just am not enamored with it yet. Same. But that's not to say we don't like it. But it probably could have been a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Take us out, Tim. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gosh, that does it for another great episode of Marvel Watchers. If you enjoy listening to this banter and you want to check us check us out, be sure to head on over to patreon.com slash the nerdosphere. We've got all kinds of great tiers for you. We've got trivia. We've got March Madness. We've got book club, game club. We've got all kinds of fun stuff going on. So if you just want to interact with us a little bit more and get in on these debates, head on over to patreon.com slash the nerdosphere. That does it for this week, boys. I don't know. Bye. Bye.